Hi there, it's Lucinda. I'm just jumping on to let you know about some exciting news. Well, it's exciting to us at Actus. We're launching a brand new product, Actus 360 Now. It's a ready-to-go 360 product aimed at small and medium-sized organisations or independent HR professionals. And it's the perfect tool if you want to put in place leadership development or maybe manage or embed your values and your culture more so. And we've just designed it with ready-to-go templates so that you can either design your own templates or you can use one of ours. So if 360 is something you think you might want to explore, we've got lots and lots of resources. I've got a book, The Complete Guide to 360 Feedback. I did a podcast quite recently on it as well. So it might be something that you want to investigate. I'm going to be running some webinars. So next week on the 24th, Thursday the 24th, there'll be a webinar where I'll do a little bit of an introduction. And if you're an independent consultant, there'll be something on the 2nd of March. And obviously, if you're hearing this on repeat and those dates have gone, you can just uh, go to our website and you'll be able to get more information there, www.actus.co.uk. and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast and this week I'm talking about the great resignation and what we can do to prevent it. I put a a survey out on LinkedIn a few weeks ago asking whether or not this is a real thing or not or something which is made up and it turns out that 58% of respondents told me that it actually is a real thing and that's here in the UK that was the opinion and about 20% only thought it wasn't at all others were undecided So it struck me that I would like to understand more about this. And when I met Kendall Palmer, who's going to talk to us today about this, um, I was really delighted to have this opportunity. Kendall, she is the CEO of Untapped AI, which you're all about driving change from the bottom up. Um, Interestingly, we've just compared notes on psychology. So it's about psychology and technology. Um, and, and an AI, which is one of those mysterious businesses. We're not going to talk so much about AI. What we're going to talk about is maybe preventing it, I guess, um, aren't we? So, uh, Kendall, welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. Thank you for joining me. Oh, lovely to be here, Lucinda. Thank you for asking me. So tell us a little bit, the, the, the great resignation. We think it is real. We've been doing a bit of homework on this. So, so what are your thoughts on this topic? Well, the U.S., it very much came out from the U.S. first. And, you know, not surprisingly, as you said, it's very much here in the U.K. The most recent study in the U.K. is one in four people are planning to leave their jobs. That's one in four. So, so they've, yeah. they've not gone now. It's happening. It's, they've it's, not gone it's now. Imminent. So I suppose... Yeah, to all of your listeners, you know, if you think you're on top of retention and attrition, you're not. Because the studies show it takes about six months for somebody, I think we've all been there, you know, you physically leave, but six months before that, you emotionally leave. So, um, yeah, being really on top of this and thinking about it is crucial. Why do you People think it's are happening? Voting with, yeah, what, what, why do you think it's happening, Kendall? Well, I think there's lots of reasons, but people are voting with their feet. I think the climate, I mean, the whole thing of the golden age of the employee is very much here. From our own platform, what's really interesting is that individuals, employees, are moving much faster than the companies they're working for. There's a huge mismatch. And I think a big part of that is down to employee activism, as we could call it, or employee assertion but you know whether it's me too 
whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's coming out of lockdown and people wanting very clear about the values that they've had to face themselves, we all have, um, and what they want. And, you know, flexible working is a big part of that. So people are very much voting with their feet. If they're, they're really looking at what they've got, and if it's not what they want, they're going. And do you think it's to do with being people um, having to go back to the office or something like, or, or, um, or do you think it's more about people just not um, thinking well, there's more to life than work? Or is there a sense of, of what's well, very much life? that, Lucinda? Because we've all had a lot of time, haven't we, to think about things, and life mm-hmm. isn't the same anymore. And I think the mismatch between how we see it on the platform is that many organisations are kind of trying to get it back to normal but yet uh, the employees and us as individuals it's not normal anymore because of what we've been through so there's always been forced into change back take people so some organizations want us to revert to how things were pre-pandemic yeah build it back yeah build it back build it back better but you know the status quo has changed it's not the same we're not the same as we were because of what we've all been through so that mismatch is a big issue, particularly in HR, of where the employees are versus where the companies are. And the individuals are moving much faster than the companies and they're voting with their feet if it's not what they want. So what can we do if we're in an HR world? What can we do to um, realign or to avoid this mismatch and to prevent things uh, like this happening? Well, I thought, yeah, I really thought about that before you were going to ask me that. So I've got three, three things just to help people really, because this is a thing we've got so many, we've got thousands of employees on our platform. Um, I think number one is to listen. And it sounds so simple, doesn't it, for all of us to listen, but in HR to really listen and people in HR are really good at listening. But it's really knowing what's on your employees' minds and what's going on underneath. And it's paying attention to the things that your employees really care about. So what's interesting for us is there's a huge disparity between what people tell you in employee surveys versus what's actually going on. So we've done a lot of research and let's take anxiety there's um what people report in their anxiety and their mental health um we found is way off what's actually going on and what they're actually talking about so that whole concept of listening but really listening um and working out ways that hr can get underneath really at the bottom of what's going on is crucial. So that's one big thing. The second thing that we are getting a huge demand from people on the platform, two thirds of people on our platform want much more emotional intelligence in their leaders. What do you think and they really de- what, do they, what, do you, what do you think they mean? Because yeah, good question. Yeah, there are. And this is kind of the opposite, really simply the opposite of command and control. So how does a leader bring along people with them? Um, How does a leader have to be able to diffuse many emotions that, you know, post-lockdown, but in many um, versions of this pandemic, particularly running a global workforce, 
how do they diffuse lots of negative emotions and help people connect them to more positive emotions? How do they empower people to take control of and contain the uncertainty that we all live in? These are such difficult things to do. The, the demand on leadership, we found, is, is enormous. And HR's role to really help build that and help those leaders have those skill sets and places where they can practice, try out, make mistakes, it, it absolutely crucial. And yeah, there is a huge demand from the workforce of those sorts of skills, bringing people along with you. Um, and managing, I think what's become the most clear to me in my whole career in this space is the nuance that every leader, everybody that's going, going through what we've all gone through, nothing's the same. What's different for you, listen, is different for me and different for your listeners. Every single person's got a different version of it. Therefore, a leader has to adapt themselves to all of those different scenarios. And it's a, it's a really tough call. But yeah, those skills and having help to do that and places to practice and reflect and learn, crucial. I mean, we're so, much more versatile as leaders in terms of our skill set, uh, less than one-dimensional, really. It is about flexing around the individual and what they need. Beautifully put. The versatility, absolutely. So number one, really, really listen, get underneath what's going on. Two is the to really support leaders to build that in-demand emotional intelligence. Um, and as you say, the versatility. And number three and this, again, is really tough, but building a culture of trust. Um, I think the workforce more than ever, the people on our platform, um, yeah, really do care that their employers are making the world a better place. And, you know, fostering that culture that's committed to inclusion and diversity, you know, ethically treating customers, employees and suppliers um, well and trusting. And this comes back to flexible working, trusting them to do their work is absolutely key. And I suppose what's what's really coming up on our platform, particularly in the last few months, is the kind of increase in surveillance software. And what's fascinating is... Um, yeah, if, if that surveillance software that, that employers are using is looking at keystrokes on my keyboard, I just put on an alarm every 20 minutes to come and type something in, <laughs> which, you know, we're humans. We work ways around systems. Yeah. We're really good at it. So, and I just feel if that was, you know, that's what the, our people are telling us on the platform, that that doesn't make me feel trusted. I'm much more likely to cheat my employer if you don't trust me. So it's actually so, you're almost co encouraging that covert people yes. put more energy into working out how to fix, yes. how to circumnavigate the, the, the checks and balances than they are doing work, actually working, whereas if you just trusted them. So it's counterproductive it's, measures. Well, it's a really good uh, counterproductive. And also I think the words that we've used many a times is uh, kind of you get pseudo productivity mm. it's not yeah. real the productivity you're measuring that's not real productivity that's not what what we all want running companies we don't want that type of productivity so that building a culture of trust and HR's role in that and 
yeah, how how to do that is is crucial, crucial. And I think that is the how. So, so I mean, they seem like common sense things, don't they? But how how you actually achieve that on the mass is the tricky thing. I mean, certainly the listening thing. So typically, um, you know, people would so I listen to people. They they would probably say employee surveys is what they would probably do. And your example was that. Um, people self-report on um, under-reports or the honesty on employee surveys isn't necessarily there. And, and, and I mean, is that what your platform does? So you mentioned your platform a few times. How, how do you listen on mass? Is that how you get this data or is that a side <laughs> position it? Because I'm curious. Yeah, so we, we have, it's equivalent of digital coaching, but it's using AI at the same time. So every conversation we are looking, using AI to help, the individuals, the users on our platform learn about themselves with the AI that's looking at, and we use natural language um, pro- processing. So it's looking at the language, it's looking at every video call that we have, all the messaging to help that individual learn about themselves. So for example, um, Netflix learns about you because it knows, gives you recommendations of what to, to um, watch next, Spotify what, what to listen to next, whether it's audible, what book to get next. Um, what we do is use our data created by individuals, by conversations, to help them learn about themselves. So they get the information back. And then we aggregate it for the organizations that we work for, very much keep confidentiality, which is absolutely crucial to us to get trust. But we aggregate it and feed that back to the organizations that are navigating change, particularly now, so that they've really got ground truths to base decisions on. So is that where you're saying that people are, for example, under-reporting anxiety? So in their coaching sessions, they are actually more nervous. Yes. Is that, that was their yes, demonstration exactly. more nervousness than otherwise, right? Or that they're and not being trusted? Exactly both. And there's one more level to it. What's really interesting is self-awareness, which is what we really believe in, is really helping people learn about themselves. Um, 95% of us think we're self-aware, but the statistics show that only 10 to 15% of us are. So having a person, as we all know, to talk these things through, I might even think I'm not anxious, but if I'm talking to you and I start talking, you know, we all do that, don't we? You start to think, oh, God, yeah, I have had that funny feeling in my tummy and it hasn't gone away, but I haven't really acknowledged it, but actually talking about it helps. So that self-awareness is another reason why surveys are often not telling you what the truth is, what's really going on. And I suppose never has a time because the uncertainty in, in you know, society and what we're all going through, um, we, don't, we can't rely on information that came out a month ago to be what it is now. Things are changing so fast. So knowing what's going on, absolutely crucial. So- in an organisation, if they if they haven't got your technology, though, how would you recommend that they do listen, or what? How can they do more of that? Well, it's absolutely important to um, have channels that you're listening, and I think many companies work really, really hard on uh, listening. So whether they are employee resource groups, whether they are um, surveys whether they are doing um different focus groups and it's i suppose that's where the culture of trust do people feel they can say things can they can they make mistakes and um, and go out there and say you know these 
particularly issues, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's, uh, you know, about Me Too. Do people feel comfortable enough to really say what's going on? So we find, you know, there's often a lot when you try and, because what we do is not only get the insights, but we help people change. We help people work with what's going on for them. So we help to fix the problems as we get the data. And there's often people are trying to stand up, say things differently, have a voice. And employee activism, as we said, has got much bigger. Um, But often there's kind of a gaslighting that goes on, which is, yeah, that's really interesting, but not right now. We've got to be productive. Let's park that. So that, you know, uh, are you really listening? I suppose it's it's not just listening. It's being prepared to act on it. And take yes. it seriously, seriously and do something. And I, and, and I know myself running a company, you know, it's all, I've got things in my head I want to get on. There's lots to be done. And somebody comes up with something, I think, oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's difficult. You know, it's a bit like with your own children. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's really hard to give the time when you've got so much to do. But that will only help your decision making knowing that you're making decisions based on data that's actually the truth so if you are working with a business and helping them to change so you've got the data that they need to do things what sort of things have you found um help them to do that what what works so one big thing is difficult conversations that's such a big thing so to get more of a trusting culture people need to feel that they can have those conversations. So working with individuals, particularly leaders, we work a lot with leaders to encourage those conversations. And they're really hard. That's why they're difficult. But it seems a simple thing, but actually having conversations, bringing things up so things aren't pushed under the table, which then does mean that people end up leaving because they haven't had a chance to say what's really going on for them. So I'd say that's one of the biggest things we do is help people have difficult conversations. We help leaders practice and and, and build a culture of making mistakes because that's another thing that seems absolutely crucial to a, a, a culture of trust. If you feel that you can make a mistake and it's okay and we can all learn from it as opposed to the blame game. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing we work with um, companies and particularly leaders with. Would you do, what so, would you do in that sense? Is there anything, what practically could you do to, if, if you're working with a company where there is a blame culture, for example, um, is it just about awareness of the leaders? What sort of things can you do to help reverse that? Well, we call it binary thinking because it's either me or you. And actually the skill is to sit next to you and be alongside you. It's not... I'm right, you're right, but we have to work together and I need to understand your perspective. So empathy comes in a lot and you need to understand mine. Um, So those conversations that are difficult are key to the blame game. Right. Because actually we have got different... And the what mentality? I was just saying having that we mentality together. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to we hear lots of they, 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 who are they? And then you're looking at the leaders and saying, well, it can only be us. Yeah. It can only be us. But, um, yeah, I think they're really important. The, the conversations to sit alongside difference and different perspectives are, but again, it takes time. It takes a lot of courage 
So one of the things we work really hard with with the people on the platform is to build courage and confidence. And those, again, they seem like really easy things to talk about, but actually being brave in the workplace is is difficult. But people... Yeah, the time, I, I suspect also just making the time to have those conversations. That is, it yeah. is time-consuming listening properly. It is. It um, is. What's really going on. And you've got to build enough trust to for people to open up because lots of people are quite cynical in organisations, so they won't say what they really think because they don't think there's any point. So um, so that takes a while as well, doesn't it, to actually get people to um, feel, to trust you enough to tell you how they really feel. It's really true. It does take a lot of time, Lucinda. And also the other thing that's really important and I suppose this is a key responsibility of HR and how, how they help is role modeling. That the leaders that are running the company have to role model this. They have to be more vulnerable, show when they've made mistakes, have difficult conversations, put their emotions forward and say, look, I'm finding this difficult myself. Yeah. They're, they're not easy things to do, but we're all looking, companies look, the culture is created by the, the people running it. So the role modeling of these behaviors are crucial. And, and being vulnerable enough to say when you got it wrong. And it all links, I think, to the EQ, isn't it? Having that self-awareness and yes. being prepared to be humble and have the humility um, to being very, very human. This whole focus about being uh, being people oriented rather than just performance and systems and, and things. And things and things, yeah. Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. People rather than things. So, OK, great. So, so I mean, it's it's common sense in many ways, but it, it doesn't make it in the slightest bit easy. Um, it's actually really, really challenging, isn't it, to find the find the time to quality quality listening, to role model, demonstrate, develop EQ, uh, make sure that our line managers as a group we we demonstrate it right down an organisation. And I suppose by doing one and two, that's how you actually build trust. Trust is almost an output of of those two, isn't it? Um, that's true. How it falls together. The bit I feel very passionate about is women in all of this because women naturally have good EQ. You know, from when we're born, you know, society, everything about us is to care. So, you know, whether it's, you know, nature or nurture, who knows, but we've all got it and we've got it in abundance. Um, and so the very skills that society is probably undervalued and underrecognized now in business are probably the, one of the most important skills you can ever have. So, yeah, I feel very passionate that the very skill that makes us female and makes us good at being women, mums, carers, you name it, is the most important skill in business right now. To bring into the workplace. Yeah. Interesting, interesting parting thought that, isn't it, in terms of that, that um, to, to end on. Uh, Ken, Kendall, thank you so much for joining us today to explore this concept of avoiding the great resignation. More, more. We all need to develop more female traits, maybe, um, or re rediscover them, maybe, um, and value them. Value yeah, them, Lucinda. We need to value them. If, yeah. if it's valued, then it gets done. Yeah, and this is not anti-male. It's just about balance, isn't it? About making mm, sure that we yeah. we um, value all of these. Uh, Kendall, if people wanted to get hold of you um, or understand a bit more about what you do in your business and your, on your platform, how could they find you? Yeah, come to our website, untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-E-D dot A-I. And that's a co.uk? 
Is it a co.uk or a... no? No, it's dot AI. Oh, okay. AI so it's untapped so dot AI. <laughs> Great, and it, and I assume you're on LinkedIn and things like that. So, but how do they? Yeah, yeah join into you there. So it's Kendall Palmer. I'll put your love to hear from you. In. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today on the HR Advisor podcast. Really enjoyed it. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague, or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising? to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast.